I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, this is Matthew Stafford of your Los Angeles Rams. Listen to Rams All Access with my guys, J.B. Long and DeMarco Farr. Thursdays on the home of the Rams, 710 ESPN. Let's do it. Sound the horn. It is time to get ready for week six right now on Rams All Access with the voice of the Rams, J.B. Wong, and Super Bowl champion DeMarco Farr. When we last left the Rams, it was Thursday night football. The first half looked shaky for the Rams, but then they exploded all over those Seahawks. Shotgun snap, inside give. Sony Michelle cuts to his right and goes in untouched. Sony Michelle extends the Rams' lead. Rams are 4-1, and one, but still staring up at the Cardinals in the division. Time to get that easy win this Sunday at the Meadowlands against the New York Football Giants. But could this be a trap game? We're going to find out, and we're going to get you ready right now. Rams All-Access Week 6. Hi, this is Sean McVay of your L.A. Rams. This is Rams All Access. Here is J.B. Long and DeMarco Farr. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a Week 6 edition of Rams All Access. The Rams coming off a little mini-buy after a Thursday night football win. They're 4-1, and and now they open up a stretch in the schedule where they face three consecutive teams from outside the division, all of whom have losing records, beginning with the 1-4 and four New York Giants, who are banged up. We'll talk about some of the key matchups and considerations as we go through. But let's say hello to DeMarco Farr. How was your weekend, my friend? Good, man. Yeah. A nice time in Seattle. Uh, nice hotel. Nice game. Uh, fun. How can I say this on the radio? That was about as subtle a butt-kicking as you're ever going to see in the National Football League. I guess it's subtle because, what, you're under 30 points? But the Rams' offense did whatever they wanted against the Seattle defense. I mean, that was a butt kicking up there. Where were the missed opportunities that could have made it a more comfortable margin? In the passing game. I mean, I think Van Jefferson was open. I, I think Robert Woods was open. He had a big day. Cooper Cup was open. Just there were some misses out there. But, I mean, it did not come back to haunt you. But that game could have been a big-time blowout had you completed some of those passes. Yeah, so Van catches the uh, the slant in the red zone, and it's a touchdown rather than a Stafford interception, or and or you go get points off of the Troy Reader interception, and that thing maybe looks a little bit different. Yeah. I, my, I think I said this to you afterwards, leaving Lumen Field. My emotion was one of uh, relief more than exuberance that uh, being 4-1 and one felt like an exhale compared to the specter of being 3-2 and two after your 3-0 and oh start, right? And then once I kind of got through that, I, I think I felt some of what you did, that there's a lot of optimism that comes with being 4-1 and one with the schedule you've played so far, feeling like maybe the only complete game you've played was the Tampa Bay win. That was the best by far. I thought this one was pretty good. Outside, pretty good. Outside of special teams. There were some problems there. Well, and the missed opportunities on offense that we just mentioned. True. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but I, I think that – I mean, that's just football. That's wear and tear. That's what happens. But, I mean, you know, outside of, you know, kicking the ball out of bounds on kickoff and missing field goals, I mean, I think that was about as gritty and gutty a performance on offense and defense as you're going to see. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Tampa I thought was great. Uh, but Tampa brings – that's the defending champs. You're going to get your A game there. That was up in Seattle on a Thursday, short rest. 
Uh, it was loud, and it looked like – I mean, you could have taken that same game plan and said that game was played in SoFi. You know what I mean? I mean, the way the offense was functioning. So I, I, I was truly impressed with the way they performed up there in Seattle. One thing that surprised me, what was this, the uh, fifth consecutive game that the Rams had held the Seahawks to 20 points or fewer, uh, an average of 17 over that stretch. And going into Thursday night football, the defense was the big concern, right? And so I, I came away thinking, oh, that's a win. That's a win. You go on the road, short week, you hold an opponent in your division to 17 points. But I did hear some skepticism about like a 10-play, 98-yard drive in the fourth quarter and Geno Smith being able to make that more nervous than it needed to be. What was your kind of week in review perspective on the defensive effort? Was it a step in the right direction? I think so. I mean, there was uh, this, well, it's good for the goose, good for the gander. Uh, Sean McVay, the offense, spread them out. You, you expose their front four. Uh, they can't get to you with four. Uh, that You had all day to throw so they can pick you apart, or the Rams are picking the Seahawks apart in, in the secondary. Well, the same thing was true on the other side uh, when the Rams had to rush four and you're playing coverage against Geno Smith. Sometimes you couldn't get to him. Sometimes he scrambled out and he would find holes in the defense. I think that's just about anybody, but uh, there are some issues that in the second half kind of showed up, but I think they overcame all of them to get the win and to get off the field, to get the ball back to the offense. I do think that For they're... For the most part. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think they're putting their complete arsenal on display now. Just about everyone has had his turn. What I mean by that is, you know, there's been some beating of the drum for Robert Woods to have his night. He did. Uh, Cooper Cup still got his. Tyler Higby finds the end zone. Uh, Deshaun Jackson made a game-changing play. Biggest play of the game for me. Both backs yeah. get in the end zone. Go ahead and, and that, address that adjustment to the ball that he made. It was a dogfight up until that yep. point. I mean, it was tough. Uh, there were no big plays until that play, and it was underthrown, and he came back to it. Thank goodness Jamal Adams misplayed the ball, and Deshaun Jackson came back to it and made a big play. That opened everything up for the offense. Mm -hmm. That one big play, take the top off the defense, and boom. And I thought it was great. Uh, we kept saying it during the broadcast. Help out your quarterback. Hey, don't wait for the remarkable pass from Matthew Stafford. It may not come today. Sometimes you're going to have to make your own luck and adjust to the football, and they did that. We'll get to one key loss on defense in just a second. That's going to be consequential this week and maybe for multiple weeks. Um, but I do feel like offensively, despite some early disconnection, now I have a fuller picture of what this group is going to be capable of, and I feel fortunate that with five games behind them, the group that they broke camp with is in good shape and ready to roll again in, in a softer portion of the schedule, if you know what I mean. Yeah, heal up, and you get some banged-up squads. So, yeah, I mean, it's all about – Sorry, let, let me, let me spell that a little bit more. We knew Cup and Stafford were on the same page, right? Yes. And now I think we know that he is looking for Robert Woods equally, uh, that Tyler Higby is going to have his moments, that with a few extra practices and now a month of the season behind them, some of these other weapons, Deshaun Jackson, maybe even Tutu Atwell or Jacob Harris or, or Ben Skoranek might be able to work their way in in a manner, oh, in, in a manner that you might not have felt comfortable with coming out of the gate Sunday night football Chicago Bears or undefeated Tampa Bay in week three. Now there's, there's a little bit more margin. There's a better understanding of who you are, what yeah. options you have within your game plan. And, oh, by the way, your front five has been able to start every game to this I point. I totally agree. Uh, this should be some of the weeks where you get to rest some guys that have been, you know, real 
you know, workhorses for you. So, yeah, I mean, look, if you don't know the playbook after five, six weeks, then maybe you shouldn't be here offensively and defensively. But I would expect some guys to start rotating in and get theirs. But, you know, I, I thought this whole thing about Robert Woods, you know, wanting the football was a little overblown. And then it kind of compounded with a game he had versus Seattle. I thought that would have happened anyway. I thought that was a natural progression of the offense. Because you're going to cup, you're going to cup, and you're leaving the woods open, and then boom, you go to him, and then you just ping pong back, back and forth mm-hmm. off each other. I thought that game in Seattle with Robert Woods was going to happen regardless of him going to the coach. It reminds me, as we go to New York, of the first season of Robert Woods in Los Angeles. And he was playing well, and you could feel his impact, but it wasn't until after that London bye that he got his first touchdown and two touchdowns, actually, against these Giants in New York, remember? And that's kind of when the dam broke. And it's like, okay, Robert's done a ton of good things. He finally found Pater, and now the full picture is there. That's not the third and 33 screen. That oh, went. yeah. Is that that one? Oh, yeah. oh my God. I, I, yes, that play is stuck in my head. But, yeah, I mean, I think Robert Woods is fully capable of doing what he did on Thursday, week in and week out. It's just a matter of staying healthy and getting your opportunities. But, like you said – Van Jefferson was open. Cooper Cup was open. Tyler Higby was waiting for his opportunity and just beat Jamal Adams into the end zone. So, I mean, look, I think this offense, as long as the offensive line is giving Matthew Stafford protection like he had on Thursday, Mm -hmm. anybody can get the rock on game day. So, as we spin around to the defense coming up, uh, here's the first major disruption of 2021. The Rams will be without Darius Williams, uh, their starting corner, as they go to face the Giants, who uh, are not going to issue any sympathy to the Los Angeles Rams because they, as much as any team in the league, are dealing with plenty of injury concerns of their own. What did DeMarco make of the rookie Robert Rochelle in his debut, and how do the Rams offset for this period of time their second corner and reshuffle their secondary? That's all coming up on this edition of Rams All Access. We'll also have four down territory with Pat Leonard, who covers the Giants uh, for the New York Daily News, all the latest on the New York football Giants. Plus, our weekly competition, our playoff eliminator, and our whip around the NFC West. All that is still ahead on this edition of Rams All Access. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Rams All Access on your home of Rams football, 710 ESPN. What's up? This is Jalen Ramsey of your Los Angeles Rams. Rams football is back. This is Rams All Access. Rams All Access Week 6. Getting you pumped for the East Coast Swing. Rams battling the New York football giants Sunday in the Meadowlands. We get you set tonight. Rams All Access Week 6. It's looking like he'll be out for this week. Uh, there's a possibility that we put him on IR, which means he'd be out for the next three weeks. Uh, guys will be asked to step up. I thought the other day was a good example for Robert Rochelle to really get his feet wet. He had played a lot more snaps than I think people realize, even through the first four weeks of the season, and done a nice job. But again, kind of like I mentioned after the game or you know the day after the game, I love that when things didn't go his way, he had that short memory. He had the ability to bounce back. Kind of got a similar type of play that he got the PI on earlier. 
there on a double move and lock it in the fringe area. Did a nice job being able to play with the technique, the fundamentals that we're looking for, and it ended up leading to a big breakup and forced them to a field goal when we had to stop them there. Welcome back to Rams All Access. That was head coach Sean McVay addressing the loss of corner Darius Williams for an unspecified amount of time. But DeMarco, we can at least operate under the assumption that the Rams are going to be without him for a stretch here. And, um, you know, fortunate that it's not any worse in terms of uh, a season-ending injury. We were unsure of his status leaving Seattle the other night. Uh, But where did the Rams go from here? Let's start with the secondary perspective, and then we can talk more holistically about how they can cover for his absence. Back to the grass and figure out who the guy is going to be. But Robert Rochelle is a guy that played a lot in Seattle. Uh, I would figure he's going to get more snaps. David Long Jr. is a guy that's going to come back into the fold. Uh, Has a a one-game demotion, I guess you can call that. And now due to injury, he's back in the mix. So we'll see. I mean... This is going to be an issue, JB, down the road. I mean, for every football team that sports a good quarterback and two pretty good receivers, you can only put Jalen Ramsey on one guy mm-hmm. until you figure out how to put him on two. And I think he can do that. But uh, there's going to be an issue there. So you're going to have to figure out either Raheem Morris is going to have to figure out which guy can be best at what you're asking him to do in man-to-man, or you're going to have to zone off half the field and use Jalen Ramsey in a different way for the rest of the year, or at least until this, this straightens itself out. I'm going to say something really stupid. I know it's not going to surprise you. These are things you're not supposed to say out loud. But if there was a stretch of the schedule where you had to lose a starting corner, I could see this being a favorable time. Because I don't know where New York is, especially in terms of their passing attack this week. And behind that, it's Detroit and Houston, who have not exactly distinguished themselves in that regard. So thank goodness, I guess, that they're taking their medicine here as opposed to, say, when Tom Brady and... Mike Evans and Gronk and the Bucks are coming to town. You get a break there. I, I mean, mean it, a small one. A small break. It's still I mean, the pros. But it's it's on film what happened in Seattle, and not everyone has the horses they have, but, you know, you, you see guys having success going vertical against Rochelle. You know you're going to see that again. You, you see DK Metcalf having success getting separation on his breaks. You're going to see those same routes again. If you get the kind of protection that Russell Wilson – created for himself or Geno Smith created for himself, you're going to get those deep shots. So whoever's out there, you're going to get tested. Mm-hmm. Whatever hurts you, you're going to see it again until you stop it. Let's zoom in on Rochelle specifically. Uh, had a few moments, some good, some bad. How much do you think he'll benefit from having that first NFL start under his belt on a short week in Seattle? It's got to it's got to help you, man. I mean, you all get that wide-eyed look when you first go out there for the first time. Cuz he's the guy long term, don't you think? He's the drafted Eventually, guy. Eventually, he's going to be the his guy. His body type is one that say, "Hey, this is, might be as close to Ramsey as we can get with where we're drafting." Eventually, he's going to be the guy. And like when you see he and uh, Rochelle and Ramsey stand next to each other, they're, they look alike, mm-hmm. you know, body type-wise. So you can imagine that, like, I can see Jalen Ramsey here. I can see you there. That's pretty good bookends. Reminded me of Seattle with, with Sherman and who was the guy that went to jail? Browner. Two big giraffes at corner. You know what I mean? That's tough to throw over. So eventually he's going to be the guy. But going out Thursday night and, you know, taking your beats and making some plays, it's only going to help you become a better pro. And hopefully we'll see a better pro the next time we see him out there on Sunday. I thought you were going to say it reminds me of drafting Terrell Lewis to play opposite Leonard Floyd. That too. In terms of modeling body types. That too. That's two big bookends. That's what you want. They look good getting off the bus. But having two big, you know, uh, six-foot corners that could lock up and cover just about anybody, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what you want defensively. But, like you said, they're going to come after you until you turn them back or, or stop them. You made a comment on the Coach McVay show Monday night 
that defensively it looked like the Rams were squeezing some of their their creases, their cracks a, a little bit better in that Week Five game. You know, I, I'm I'm not sure if that's gelling or personnel because I did see a lot more of Greg Gaines than I thought I would. As a matter of fact, he started the game. Mm. That was shocking. But when you see in the run game, uh, some of these two, three-yard carries uh, a couple of weeks ago might have popped for four or five. Uh, there's, there's, there's smaller creases in there. The linebackers are hitting their gaps properly. So uh, you can tie a rope between one outside linebacker to the, the opposite side defensive end or linebacker, and they're all staying within one yard of each other. That's great defense no matter what happens. So – it's starting to gel. Uh, the communication's getting a little bit better in the run game. Uh, if you can kind of let that sift back to the back end, then you'll start to see this Rams defense move up the, the list as far as top 10 defenses stat-wise. It is so nice to be making these fine-tuning adjustments at 4-1, and one, though, because if you're on the other end of the spectrum, then when you're making these changes, like, he's getting benched. He's not the answer. He's cooked. We got to go try something else. Now it feels like, hey, this coaching staff, which has a new defensive coordinator, which had a lot of staff turnover and position coach ranks as well, is getting to know the options that they have, and they're playing their matchups week to week. And we saw David Long have some good moments, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we saw him have the interception in the end zone on opening night at SoFi Stadium. And now the, the kind of drafted replacement and future at corner has grown into his role. And he's got some early season snaps, and now he's got to start, and now he knows what it's like to line up over DK Metcalf, <laughs> right? right? And, and I, and it's I not ha- going to get any more scary than that. <laughs> I, I have to think that um, while he did see Trey Lance in college, yeah, he didn't see a whole lot of DK Metcalf at Central Arkansas. Uh, who has seen a lot of DK Metcalf, a defensive end playing receiver? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, seeing that guy warm up without pads on twice a year, even three times a year when the Rams go up against Seattle, yeah. Is something else. To and behold. we're only talking about the passing game. I mean, it helps you in the run game playing against guys like him. When he comes out to block it, he can pick you up and move you. Sure. So watching Rochelle fight through that is only going to That's actually one you. of the areas he graded out pretty well. I know Big he time. had some coverage busts, and you it's, said you'd rather him take the PI than give up the touchdown. Oh, my gosh. If, you get, if Tyler Lockett is a step ahead of you and the ball's in the air and you have no chance, go ahead and tackle the guy. I'd rather have a 48-yard penalty than a touchdown. I thought that was heads up. I really did. I thought that was a – fantastic penalty to give at that moment, live to fight another down. But all that stuff is going to help him become a better starter. And for how long, we don't know, but for how long Darius Williams is going to be out, that corner spot opposite Jalen Ramsey is going to be a question mark. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. This is Rams All Access. L.A. is 4-1. and one. They're a game back and a head-to-head loss of the still undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Coming up, we'll go around the division, and we'll also uh, get DeMarco's thoughts on where Seattle goes from here with Russell Wilson uh, having finger surgery. But first, I want to just kind of get your reaction to what Aaron Donald did, uh, becoming the modern Rams sack oh. franchise leader in Seattle. Um, and then also, if you want to talk about how he's now wrecked the hands of two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Drew Brees and, and Russell Wilson on their follow-through, you can. But more just, you know, putting into context the conversation we're having about, you know, Deacon Jones and Jack Youngblood and now Aaron Donald, who we all knew was going to be on that Mount Rushmore, having secured his spot. Uh, just my PSA for kids who want to, you know, possibly give Aaron Donald a high five, just make sure you tuck your fingers and your thumb because you never know. He could swipe them off. But – I think Aaron Donald taking over the top spot as far as career leader in sacks, it's where his name should be. There is no more debate about the best defender in Rams history. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know you can still talk about Deacon Jones. They didn't count sacks back then. 
he's always going to be top of mind and top of charts. But for everyone else, for everyone else in the modern era, you're never going to see anybody better than him, better than 99. Hmm. You just won't. This will never come around again. A defensive tackle that can do what he's doing, that can line up anywhere. He beat a tight end to get a pressure on a quarterback. That's all the way in a nine. That's so far, that's six spots removed from a three technique, and he's still effective. You will never see this again. I hope you appreciate it. I really do. How well do sacks represent, encapsulate, demonstrate how special he is? What I mean by that is if you only looked at his 80-plus sacks, does that really get to the heart of the way he impacts games? Yes. I think if you watched all his sacks on a loop, you can say this guy's great, put him in the hole. Just his sacks alone. Some guys you can't do that because some guys get freebies. They're running in scot-free. They're running over running backs. It's, you know, it's – it's a sack in name only. It's, he didn't really do anything. All of Aaron's sacks have come through people, come through multiple people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In key situations. So his technique is flawless, and he's not the biggest guy in the world, and he's humble. You know, he's about as close to perfect as you can get. <laughs> you I have, hate to say that, but he yeah, is, yeah. You have better perspective than I do on this. The, the all-time great pass rushers. Did the men around them get as rich as Aaron Donald has made some of his peers the Dante Fowlers, the Leonard Floyd, oh, making millionaires, uh, and not, I don't just mean that in terms of like their compensation, but like he deserves credit for the double and triple teams that he draws rushing from interior positions that make one on one so available for even guys like Morgan Fox see, and, and people who have come through and learned to play with him and off him. Matt Longacre, so many. I others. think it's it's tougher, and I go to Warren Sapp, but I think Aaron's tougher to block than Warren Sapp because Warren was a three technique. He's either going to line up on this guard mm-hmm. or that guard. Aaron can line up anywhere. John Randall, the same thing. It's either going to be a guard or a guard, but Aaron lines up on the nose. He can line up at defensive end, right end, left end, and still be effective. So to play with him means you're going to have to know every spot on the defensive line because he could come over and say, "I want this spot on this rush." you got to go play here, over here, too. So, yeah, I, I think he challenges everyone to be as intense and, as, and prepare as hard as he does. And number two, you have to know the playbook more than the coordinator mm-hmm. because you're not sure where you're going to line up and where he's going to line up on any given snap. It's almost like playing with J.J. Watt, same thing. You never know where that guy's going to come from. So if you're the left end, you could be the right end on this play, and you have to know what you have to do. All right, so this may be a stretch as I try and tie this whole segment together, but we mm-hmm. began with the loss of Darius Williams. Now, what it means for plugging in other various pieces to cover for his absence, but what that individual or individuals, because it's going to be more than just one who steps in for, for D. Will, has going for him is that Jalen Ramsey is occupying a certain problem, and so more resources can be devoted to helping you. And also, you're through a section of your schedule now where you dealt with Kyler Murray and you dealt with Russell Wilson, who are two of the greatest play extenders of any quarterbacks that I have observed in person. Um, If Danny Dimes plays, Daniel Jones is pretty mobile, he's pretty fast, but it sounds like that's going to be a challenge. Danny Dimes got dinged. Correct. (laughs) Jared Goff, we love him. He's not not that guy. And And then you go to Houston. So my point is, if I'm stepping into, like, this situation, at least I know that double moves are largely off the table and that there's a hard clock on the opposing offense and quarterback for my responsibilities and coverage Fair because enough. of the other people we just mentioned. Fair enough. Absolutely. Do your job. 
and let Raheem Morris take care of you, whoever's out there at corner. And Jalen Ramsey does what he does. I 100% I agree with you, big time. Hmm. All right, as for the latest with the Giants, look, it's going to be a long week sorting through all of their injury implications, and who knows what their active roster will look like by the time we get to the Meadowlands and MetLife Field on Sunday. But we will check in with Pat Leonard, who covers the team. He's a columnist and a beat writer for the New York Daily News as he tries to sort through this 1-4 and four start, including a gruesome loss at Dallas most recently. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long, and this is a Week 16 edition of Rams All Access 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Hi, this is Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. Rams football is back. This is Rams All Access. Rams are looking to go 5-1. It's week 6 of the NFL schedule. Rams against the New York football Giants. Sunday morning, for us at least, at the Meadowlands. J.B. Wong, DeMarco Farr getting you set tonight on Rams All Access. Rams All Access continues now. It is time for four down territory on Rams All Access. Welcome back to Rams All Access, previewing week six and a trip to New York to face the one and four Giants. Our guests in four down territory this week, our weekly trip inside opponents territory is Pat Leonard. He's a Giants beat writer and columnist for the New York Daily News. Pat, I understand you're just uh, traveling back from Dallas and getting your bearings. So thanks for spending some time with us. That's right. Yeah, you got it, JB. I'm excited to see the Rams in person. So this felt like, with a wide-open NFC East, Pat, the year that the Giants might break through and kind of seize control. Um, but unfortunately, it's kind of gone the other way for them. Where are they emotionally after a 1-4 and four start to the year? Emotionally, they're frustrated. They're trying not to be, but it's, it's hard to avoid it, especially when, in the loss to Dallas, you lose almost every name player on your offense. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, was already out. You know, they're hopeful for some of these guys to come back in short order, namely Daniel Jones, but he's in the concussion protocol. And frankly, they had two close games against Washington and Atlanta in weeks two and three, and they lost both of them in heartbreaking fashion. I think the whole nation saw that Washington game with Dexter Lawrence jumping offside and giving Dustin Hopkins a do-over on that kick at the buzzer for Washington. And you know, for a Giants team that is tied with the Jets for the worst record in the NFL since the start of the 2017 season, when you're losing and also not getting any breaks and not making them for yourself, it does become a lot to bear as you try to tell yourself the season's not over and you can still do it, but you're losing key players and you're losing close games. Pat Leonard is a Giants beat writer and columnist for the New York Daily News. And I listened to Joe Judge with Sean McVay on Peter Schrager's Flying Coach podcast this summer. Maybe you did too, Pat. And I was already impressed with what he did in year one and the effort they gave at SoFi Stadium in a narrow loss to the Rams last year. But all the more so after hearing him speak and kind of his backstory and the way he captured the imagination of 
of the Giants fans. Is the honeymoon now over for him, though, at this stage? Or do the fans understand that he's kind of a victim of circumstance beyond his control? I did listen to that podcast. Uh, it was a really good interview, and they did a good job. McVay's got a second career if he ever wants one, right? <laughs> yeah. um, or a third, I guess. You know, he played a little bit. but uh, So, yeah, you know, what's happened with Joe Judge is, you know, he has sold discipline as a uh, kind of a crux or a linchpin of his program. It's something that the Giants organization felt like they needed coming off Pat Shermer's tenure where – Things were a little bit too loose for their liking behind the scenes. And Judge really has brought more order to the program. But when you see, um, you know, more penalties than, than you would like, and of course, even though I don't think it's fair, the, they do a lot of running and conditioning, and players have gotten hurt this season, key players. The last season, the Giants did the same thing, and they were one of the healthiest teams in the league. This year, they did the same con- extra conditioning compared to what some other teams were doing. And they're seeing a lot of guys go down. You know, I think there's a lot of other factors going into it. But the bottom line is, he's not getting wins. And so that's what happens, as you know, JB. You know, you know, like Sean McVay has a great season, and then the Rams fail to score many points in the Super Bowl. Suddenly, everybody's out to get you. And so losing breeds, I think, the type of complaints that are coming Joe Judge's direction right now. And frankly, I think he's ready and he, he understands that it's going to come his way uh, because he knows that results are all that matter. And the quarterback's the same way, too. You know, whatever progress or positives they're showing, if the results aren't there, then they're well aware that, uh, you know, that they deserve, frankly, the criticism coming their way. This is Rams All Access, and it's a weekly segment we call Four Down Territory. Pat Leonard, who covers the Giants, is our guest. Let's continue the thread there on the quarterback. And let's just say that it is Mike Lennon at the controls against the Rams this week. How might the Giants operate on offense, given the injuries they're dealing with on that offensive line and at the skill positions? They'll be looking for yards after catch opportunities. I know every NFL team, I think, is getting a little bit smarter, even if it's not a focal point of their offense, that they should do that. But this has certainly been an emphasis this year, especially with Joe Judge kind of wanting to see some more creativity and some different looks and an evolution of Jason Garrett's offense. Freddie Kitchens has a hand in it as a senior offensive assistant. He was a tight ends coach last year, but doing even more working with Garrett to help that offense evolve this year. And Kadarius Toney, even though he is banged up, But it sounds like he's okay and he'll be ready to go. Coming off a giant rookie record in receiving yards in the 180s up there with 196 total, including his rushing. And even if Saquon Barkley isn't playing, you're going to see them try to use the speed of Tony, John Ross, even a guy like C.J. Board, uh, Devontae Booker, and maybe running, running back Gary Brightwell, a rookie that they really like who might see more playing time. I think Glennon... You know, we know who he is, right? He's a steady veteran who can operate the offense, probably not going to make a lot of explosive plays. So against the Rams defense that has some really elite players, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, et cetera, they're just going to try to get their playmakers out in space and let Glennon get easy completions. Even a guy like tight end Evan Engram, who hasn't really done a ton so far this year, I think he'll probably become more of a focal point in those yards after catch opportunities as well. Pat, quick follow-up on Tony. Sounds like a fine but not a suspension for the punch he threw against the Cowboys last week. Is he the real deal? It seems like they've really hit on this first-round selection. 
boy, yeah. You know, he, he had such a rough offseason with being hurt and being unavailable. He even had a unofficial holdout uh, for his rookie contract, which is, which was a bit strange in this day and age. You don't see that a lot. Um, but he came out like gangbusters. I mean, I had players around the league texting me watching that game in Dallas saying, man, this kid is electric. Um, he really does look like the real deal. Dallas is, you, you look at the players in the middle of the field, like the linebackers and corners trying to deal with him. I mean, they didn't know what to do with their legs. You know, he's cutting at such a, a faster rate than everybody else. He told us last week that he views it almost like playing free sag and trying not to let anybody touch him. I thought that was a great kind of description of his joystick moves. And yes, he is not going to be suspended, but the league is looking into likely fining him for that. I guess that's probably the value of not connecting when you throw a punch. Because <laughs> I think if he connected with it, we might be having a different uh, conversation. Yeah, that's always when I'm at my best as a fighter is when I swing and miss. Pat Leonard, a final question here. He covers the Giants for the New York Daily News. And that is what's going on with their running defense after the Saints and Cowboys kind of trampled them with that phase. I wonder how much of an opportunity that's going to be for the Rams running attack as they arrive in the Meadowlands. Yes, I think uh, Sean McVay, we know he is one of the best offensive minds in the game. He likes exploiting uh, run defenses. He likes using the run game to set things up. And in this game, just like Kellen Moore in Dallas, I think it's about you can run the ball until the Giants prove they can stop it. They're missing Blake Martinez for the year at the middle linebacker position. Their defensive line even with big names like Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence hasn't been up up to snuff. They have guys like Reggie Ragland and Tate Crowder trying to fill in at the second level there. But even Jabril Peppers was hurt. Doesn't help a lot in pass defense, but he, but he does help in the run, run D. And I think even if you look, go back to the late, late last season, JB, um, they played the Baltimore Ravens and gave up, I think, 249 yards rushing. There was a streak of five or six games to end the year where they surrendered at least 100. And that was even with Blake Martinez in the lineup. This is something that quietly has gone under the radar as a giant weakness. And even though Stafford will have opportunities to attack them down the field, no question, I think that the Dallas Cowboys laid out a blueprint with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard there of what Sean McVay and the Rams running attack can do and how they can not only score points, but really control the tempo and the pace of this game if they want to. Pat, I sure am sorry that we missed you last year in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium, but I'm glad the schedule swings back around and we get to connect in the press box at MetLife this Sunday. Appreciate your time. Looking forward to it. Thanks. All right, Pat Leonard, Giants beat writer and columnist from the New York Daily News. I'm JB Long, and this is Rams All Access. Coming back with DeMarco Farr for a look around the NFC West when we continue on 710 ESPN. It's JB Long with DeMarco Farr. This is Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Hi, this is Matthew Stafford of your Los Angeles Rams. Listen to Rams All Access. All access. The guys that call the action for every Rams game on 710 are back this season, every week, to get you ready for the upcoming Rams game. It's time to go around the division right now on Rams All Access with JB and DeMarco. <laughs> All right, let's take a trip around the division. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long here on Rams All Access. And one of the things we said going into Thursday Night Football last week was if the Rams were to win and get their fourth victory, if the Cardinals were to hold serve at home and beat the San Francisco 49ers, then this conversation we're about to have would, would kind of look like 
two different tiers of the NFC West. And that's exactly, DeMarco, how it played out with the Seahawks and the Niners both falling to two and three. They both have injuries at quarterback now. And the top tier looks like the Cardinals, who will go to Cleveland to take on the Browns, 5-0 and Arizona, 3-2 and Cleveland, and of course the Rams at 4-1 and against the 1-4 and New York Giants. Is it as simple? as a two-horse race in the NFC West, or are there far too many games, especially head-to-head, to be played to rule out the likes of Seattle without Russell Wilson and San Francisco with who knows what combination of Lance and Garoppolo? Yes. <laughs> all, all can be true. All of the above. It's way too early, but yeah, I, th- I think what you said on game day is exactly right. You did split this division in half. Uh, there's, the, there's Arizona and L.A., and then there's everyone else, Seattle and San Francisco, and they're both kind of scuffling, but uh, both are going to start backup quarterbacks. Uh, but San Francisco, I still think, is a problem because of the pieces they do have. Uh, Trey Lance, I think, is going to come around faster than most people think because this is a run-based offense, 21 personnel. And they can always turn around and just play defensive football, field position, and punt the ball and give you problems. Uh, they can win ugly. So uh, I think San Francisco is is not done. I think Seattle, of all teams, is the one that's going to be in the most trouble. Uh, you're going to start a backup, and I don't think you're very good defensively. I think we saw that. So that could be a real problem for the Seahawks down the road. You think Geno's more of the problem or that defense? Because I was impressed with what Smith did. Uh, you, I mean, that coming in in relief is one thing. Sure. Now people having a feel for what you can do, and then you know this league, they're going to take away what you do best and force you to do something you don't want to do. So there's a reason Geno Smith is a backup. So we're going to see that down the road. But defensively, I think that's the problem in Seattle. And that's the difference between the uh, the Saints team from a couple of years ago that Teddy Bridgewater went on a five-game winning streak when Aaron Donald hurt Drew Brees' hand. These are not and this is not an apples to apples comparison no, because of where Seattle's team. at. Yeah. Let, let me I'm going to ask you a question about each of the division rivals then. How many games does Seattle win without Russell Wilson? Let's let's say he's back after their bye. So they got 3 games before their bye at Pittsburgh, home to the Saints, home to Jacksonville. All winnable. They might all win winnable. all three. I mean, Pittsburgh is going to be tough. I, I think they're, I think everybody beats Jacksonville this year. And who was the mid one? New Orleans. New Orleans. Getting look, healthy. New that Orleans. could go either way. Okay. I, I think that's that's an evenly matched team. Two teams right there. So that could go either way. So maybe one and two. One and two or two one and, and two, one is kind of where you're at. Yeah, somewhere right. in there, yeah. When is Arizona's first loss? At Cleveland this weekend, then home to Houston, home to the Packers, at San Francisco, I'll, I'll circle the Packers. Okay. Yeah. The Packers. I, I can keep going if you don't think you're there yet. No, you're- I think Aaron Rodgers is good enough to understand what he's up against with Kyler Murray and go and play small ball to keep him off the field. I'll be interested to see what Cleveland comes back with after that gut-wrenching loss. See, I think Cleveland five. is crazy, crazy enough to try to go like play for play with him and lose a shootout. You know what I mean? I haven't, I haven't been following the pulse of it, but I, as I understand it, the Browns faithful are not too happy about the state of their defense, which includes a couple of former Rams in their secondary. So do they have an answer for Kyler Murray and Nuke and Christian Kirk? And A.J. Green. And A.J. Green. I don't they think... did lose Max Williams to a season-ending injury, oh. their tight end. Oh, what did he hurt? Uh, I believe it was a knee. Again, yeah. see, why couldn't you do that a couple of weeks ago? He's a good tight end, but... I don't think anybody slows down Kyler Murray. I was looking at his numbers versus San Francisco. He didn't run for a lot, but, man, did he throw the ball. 22-31, not bad. Yeah, I, think, I thought it was kind of good for them that he yeah. didn't necessarily need to go 
bananas yeah, yeah. for them to win. To beat San Fran. Kind of more of a gut check victory. I mean, and they win got with it. their defense. Still. Yeah. Uh, we said, how would they bounce back? They did. They beat San Francisco. That's huge for them. Okay. So, last question then would be about the Niners. And this is tough to answer because it looks like they're going back to Garoppolo, assuming that he can go. Trey Lance dinged up after uh, a run heavy outing in Arizona. What will San Francisco's record be? They're two and three now. What will the Niners' record be when the Rams arrive for Monday Night Football? San Francisco has their bye, and then these three games. Home to the Colts, at Chicago, which has found some traction, and then hosting Arizona. Indy, Chicago, Arizona. I'll take the L versus Arizona. I think Chicago gets them. Is it going to be Trey Lance or Garoppolo, or is it still going to be a mess? Either way, you're telling me the Rams are going to face a losing San Francisco team Monday Night Football before they're by. I think Chicago gets them, yes, and they'll, they'll, be, they'll be hungry and fighting for their lives, but that's kind of where I like the San Francisco 49ers to be. I, just, I don't know what the Rams are going to be looking like by then, but I think Trey Lance at some point, they're going to turn the – why keep going back to Garoppolo? Just go ahead and turn the offense over to Trey Lance and, and adjust from there. Yeah, because can't, you can't keep going back and forth with this helter skelter stuff. It didn't seem to me like the Niners necessarily rallied around Lance. That the other ten on offense played to their peak for his benefit. If that makes sense, they could be discombobulated. They could be out of sorts because this is not what they're used to. But it didn't seem like he was um, a galvanizing factor as much as I I would have thought he could have been. All right, so that's the state of the NFC West as the Rams at 4-1 and one go to try and handle their business against the 1-4 and four New York Giants. The Giants, you might remember, if you're a fan of the show and you've been following our playoff eliminator contest, are in DeMarco Farr's portfolio of teams that he thinks are, are not going to play beyond the 17-game uh, the schedule. He has both New York teams, and both of those are pretty, pretty good selections by you, DeMarco. Jets, Giants... You also have the Falcons, who may be showing some signs of life, and the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not sure that I would be sleeping well at night with those two because, again, <laughs> well, in, in case you don't know the rules, if, those, if any yeah. team in your portfolio makes the playoffs, you, you lose. The Falcons beat the Jets. Yes. I mean, come on. Okay, Minnesota, okay, there, there's pause there. But oh, you're mean, saying, yeah, when a team in your group beats another team in your group, right. you got to just wear that That's one. That's not a big lift. Okay. And Minnesota – barely gets by Detroit, who's winless. So I'm feeling pretty good so far. Okay. Yeah. The question is, and I'll give you my selections here for the benefit of our audience while DeMarco thinks about whether or not he's going to make a selection because I do believe it is your serve. I have the Lions, the Colts, who are a bit resurgent. I'm loving Jacksonville right now, Houston, and Miami. Those are, those are the teams that I added last week and uh, felt pretty good about those. It panned out in my favor, at least in week five. So I have five teams that mm. I think are going to miss. DeMarco has four. Mm. And again, the ball is in your court. You're not required to make a pick this week. You're not required to. You just have the option. I'm looking at Seattle. That might be fun. Two and three going to Pittsburgh. That might be fun to say Seattle's going to miss the playoffs, but I might be get, that might be bad juju. I will stay away from them. Uh, you know what? I'm going to sit pat. I'm going to stand pat on my... Wait a minute. Let me look again. Hold on. Wait. Let me go back through this one more time. Yep, I'm going to stand pat. I, I think that's a good move. I think that's good strategy. Maybe Much the Texans. Maybe the Texans. Maybe. Maybe the Texans. I already have the Texans. Oh, you already have yeah, the Texans? Okay, already no, no. Texans. Okay, go. All right. Then I made your decision for you. I'm going to sit back. You're yeah. going gonna to let the week six results No, pour. I take that back. I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm going forward. Wow. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks to miss the postseason. Okay. I'm going, I'm going for it. Come on. Go All big right. or go home. So now we're even five apiece and... <laughs> 
knowing that I, there are some options that I like, but I will wait for next week okay. and use my my draft priority after we I see this I think five weeks, we're talking about Pete Carroll possibly getting fired. Oof. <laughs> wow. All right, back to our matchup as we close out this edition of Rams All Access. I know this is difficult to do at this stage of the week because we're not sure what the Giants are going to be fielding on offense or defense. But oh I, I kind of almost like this challenge because if you go back to the Jets coming to SoFi, the winless Jets last year, you know that that wound is still there, I think, for me and I think for many in this locker room that, that they're not going to take a team for granted just because of their dismal record. That was the best Sam Darnold I've ever seen. And I haven't seen that guy since. They talked Carolina into trading for him. True, but I haven't seen that guy since. I think that was just an outlier. So, but look. But lesson learned nonetheless. Definitely. That, uh, that anybody can beat you on any, any given Sunday, and you need to play your A game. And New York definitely has some pieces, especially on defense, that can give you problems. But I don't expect the Rams' defense to struggle versus a bad New York Giants offense to begin with now down its best two players. I, I don't think they'll struggle. I'd be very shocked if they do. Do you feel like this Rams offense is this close to clicking in and like locking in and starting to put up rather than the, the 25 to 28, the 35 to 38? I hope so. Um, just New York up front, they're big, they're strong. That's a good uh, point. We, we yeah. didn't dwell on that long enough, yeah. how, how muddy it got against these Giants. They're, they're, they're not big. the same. There's no Blake Martinez this year. No, they have a lot of length up front, and it just seems like those guys are built to play an offense like this. So offensively, we'll see. We'll see what the Rams do, especially on the ground. But defensively, I think you can pitch a shutout until your offense finds some cracks in that defense. Hmm. All right, can't wait to make the trip to New York with you. Uh, it's been the start of some good memories, uh, including a win over the Giants. We already talked about what Robert Woods did there. and, and I thought, I thought that was one of the uh, milestone games back in 2017, Sean McVay's first year, because you had a lot of success before the bye. You came home from London. The question was, how, how are you going to handle it? How hungry are you going to be? They went to New York and made a statement, and I think that's when I knew that this – this team, this era is going to be special, so I'm looking forward to being back at MetLife. For DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. This has been a Week 6 edition of Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.